I'm Bianca Mattison Amos, and this is Once Broken, a podcast dedicated to sharing inspiring life lessons and remarkable stories of healing and redemption. Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Once Broken Podcast. I'm Bianca Mattison Amos. Today, we are continuing with the How You Doing Quarantine Check-In Series. My guest is Ekinina. She is a bicoastal dance teacher, actress, and registered nurse. She works and lives in both Toronto and Nigeria. Hi, Ekinina. Hi. How are you doing, <laughs> girl? <laughs> So far, so good, alive and well, you know, with everything going on, I'm just so, so, so much more grateful for health and love and family and so many of the little things that I took for granted before all of this. I'm happy <laughs> Thank to you. hear. <laughs> yes, yes. Happy yes, to hear well. that because like, you know, not everyone is able to say that these days, like yeah. what's yeah. going on is affecting all of us <laughs> in so many different ways. It's ridiculous. Yes, agreed. Um, yesterday, I found out that someone I know has passed away from COVID-19. Mm. And yeah. like before, I was, of course, having some issues with just like just dealing with the everyday life of what is going on and seeing what's happening in the news and stuff like that. But just knowing someone mm-hmm. who has died as a result of this disease, like it just it just brings it that much closer. It hits that much harder. For you know, sure. Someone, For who sure. Had a, has a, someone who has a child the same age as me. Mm. Someone who is not much older mm. than me. Like It's just mm-hmm. kind of put things into perspective a lot that us just being trapped in the house is really no mm-hmm. biggie. Exactly. For those who are making a big deal of being trapped in your house, it's, it's really exactly. not that big a deal because people are out here losing their lives. So please stay home. Please stay home. Yes, please. Yes. And that's why I say I'm I'm alive and well, because like you said, there's people dying from this every single day. You may not know someone directly, but I guarantee you know somebody who knows somebody that has lost their life or is really sick or has lost their job, lost, you know, it's affecting everybody in so many different ways. Um, I know not everybody has, you know, the greatest home to stay home at. Not everybody's home is safe and maybe there's abuse. Maybe it's a small uh, place with lots of people in it but like you said the staying home aspect of it is probably not the worst part of it compared to losing a loved one losing somebody you know it's a very vulnerable time that we're in right now and it's um, that's why I'm I maintain you know I'm alive and I'm well and I'm forever grateful for that because no matter what's going wrong in my life right now I'm alive and well to complain about it yes you know (laughs) so I know that you recently returned to Toronto from Nigeria you spend a lot of time in Nigeria, a lot of time in Toronto because your family is in both countries, right? Yes. In Canada and in Nigeria. Uh, so like you came in like right before the borders were closed and the flights were canceled. What's happening in Nigeria right now where the COVID pandemic is concerned? So right now in Nigeria, last time I checked, was, I believe yesterday, there, there's about 300 or so reported cases in the whole of Nigeria. Um, there's about 57 cases that were healed and uh, sent home. 
But right now there is declaration of a four week isolation in Lagos specifically. Lagos is one of the most populated places there. Right. And, it has the most um, cases, right? Yes. Um, I think mostly because it's a travel center, it's a travel hub. People come and go from there um, all the time. The major airport is there. So right now they are really pushing social distancing. They are really pushing wash your hands and whatnot. The streets are empty. You know, it's a, usually a very, very populated place. Everybody's always up and out and about no matter what time it is, you know, daytime, nighttime. But now you, you can see a big difference is everywhere is pretty empty. A lot of people are taking it seriously because they were able to see how it affected other countries before it really hit Nigeria. It's amazing that they're taking it seriously because a lot of the countries that have like smaller populations, like you would think that people probably wouldn't think that it's so much of a big threat. Mm -hmm. Uh, to the entire population because it's only a handful of persons but it's great that people are taking it seriously because that is how you slow the spread that is how you eradicate the 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 disease so yes i'm definitely happy to hear that because like nigeria has a huge population yes i was i was really nervous when you know covid started we started hearing about covid19 because you have a place that's very, very populated. You have a place that has a lot of underlying issues to begin with, like public transportation, you know, whatnot. So there's always overcrowding. So I was thinking, how are we going to possibly do social distancing in this situation? How is it going to, you know, how is it going to look? Um, and then there was a lot of rumors, a lot of conspiracies and misinformation. A lot of people are saying things like, oh, we just got to drink lemon water and it destroys the virus. You have people thinking that, oh, it doesn't affect us. How is your family there coping, though? Yeah, it's it's quite stressful for everybody. Like I was saying, like on different levels. Um, I know my husband's there. It's it's frustrating because what he does, he makes movies. Um, so it's of course shut everything with everything shut down. He's not able to work. He's not able to see anybody or do anything. He's, he's so usually very sociable, but he's kind of stuck as well. So everybody's everybody's frustrated, but everybody's you know just keeping up their spirits, finding different ways to cope with it. So. So now that the borders are closed, there are no flights going out, you have no idea when you're going to physically see your husband, your mm-hmm. husband and your other family members again. Like, <laughs> how does that make you feel? How is that affecting you? It's, it's frustrating. You know, I'm used to the luxury of traveling in and out whenever I want to as a Canadian citizen with a Canadian passport. <laughs> you know, I'm used <laughs> to that. And, you know, I think there's a lot of little things that we naturally always will take for granted because we always yes. have access to it. You know, it's like when you break your arm, you know, you don't realize how much, I mean, you appreciate your arm every day, but I'm sure you don't wake up in the morning saying I'm grateful for my arms until you break it, you know? Definitely so, it's, not. <laughs> so it's similar. It's, it's really frustrating because I'm used to traveling whenever I want going in and out whenever I want. Um, I recently just had a baby. So I was you know, looking forward to, of course, going there and having baby meet the rest of my family yes. and my husband and everything. So not having that luxury was quite frustrating. And even for him not being able to come here to witness his, to first see his baby born. Yes. Exactly. Right. So you can imagine, you know, pregnancy in general is kind of stressful, but not being able to have your husband there to support you during that process is, is very frustrating. But, you know, like I said, I'm alive to complain about these things. So I'm, my problem is probably not the worst. I'm alive. I'm here. He's alive. He's well. My family's alive. Everybody, my immediate family is healthy. So I can't complain too much about it. I just got to be patient and, and hope for the best. Hope it's yes, all clears out yes. sooner I than later. Yes, I keep believing that it will, it will end. It will clear up. 
How have you been spending your time in quarantine, though? Well, I know you have a newborn baby, so that's probably, <laughs> <laughs> you got that's it. probably an odd question. Because... <laughs> that's literally it. You know, I, it's, timing is everything. I, and I don't even know how I would have been able to keep myself, you know, busy and whatnot during this time without this newborn but with the yes. newborn it's it's you know they, they're your new boss you know they're your new employer they don't give you much break time or any vacation time or anything like that so yeah I've been just really busy with the newborn baby and um, my family is home as well because they're not able to work so you know we could be sad about it but everybody's kind of looking at it as a blessing of you know at least we all get to enjoy this newborn baby while we're at home. And I find it's it's been so helpful for me as well when I just try to focus on the now and try mm-hmm. to focus on what I have to be grateful for in the now. Like you I've been it. having yes. both good days yes. and bad days. But yes. the days when I have bad days, it's when I'm thinking in the future. It's yes. when I start thinking about I I I, I need you know, this to be over because I need to get back to work and I need to yes. do this and I need to do that. In the days when I'm just focused on, okay, what is it that I have to do today? Watching mm-hmm. movies with my kids, playing mm-hmm. with my baby, stuff like that, then I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's been my mission to every day wake up and to just live in the now. Yes, very, very true. I think in general in life, when we think too far ahead, I mean, it's good to plan your life as much as you want, as much as you can. But I've always been a believer in living moment to moment. What am I accomplishing right this next hour? What can I control? I try not to stress what I cannot control. What I cannot control is when this pandemic is over. What I cannot control is when everything will be back up and running. I, yes. I don't know that. I cannot control that. So why would I, why should I focus my energy on that? I never understood the, the phrase count your blessings growing up as a child, you know, hearing it all the time growing up in yes. a Christian home. But the older I get, the more I realize when you sit there and you count the good things in your life, it makes such a difference and you realize how many things that you don't even actively think about, like the little things. Thankful for socks on my feet. Thankful yes. for <laughs> hair on my head, you know, the, the little things. But when you start, it's really, you, the more you count, the more you realize there's so much to be grateful for. Saying, oh, I'm tired of my kids versus at least I get to spend this time with my kids before they get older and don't want to hang out with me. Yes. <laughs> 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 I just want to hear what you have to say about this because I don't know if you've heard about those French doctors who suggested on national TV that the testing for a vaccine for the coronavirus should be carried out in Africa. Mm. Do you hear? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Girl, give me your thoughts first. <laughs> Ooh, do you want the filtered or unfiltered thoughts? I'm just <laughs> unfiltered please but this is a pg-13 show oh Oh, my goodness you know what it's very sad of a reality but it's nothing new that's what i thought when i first you know Mm. found out about that it's not new that there's been they've been doing experiments you know on black people or in africa in america and canada and whatnot a lot of medical developments were discovered through testing on minorities it's yeah. very disgusting. I'm a registered nurse as well. So I remember studying all of this. And it's just crazy to me that up until now, it's 2020, and people are still having this mentality that, you know, maybe we are different in some way or somehow. You know, we are all one race, the human race. And that's what people need to understand. You know, I think there would be technically more outrage if they were testing it on dogs, unfortunately, than I, they are listen, if they're testing the it on black thing people. Too. Yes, it's it's really disgusting that people think it's okay to do this, that people even have the idea. I know initially COVID was not really hitting 
the black community as much and it wasn't hitting Africans. So people had this idea that, oh, maybe we have some sort of immunity or maybe we have some of this or that. <laughs> special but, blood. <laughs> you know, special blood or whatever it is or melanin, it, you know, it makes us, you know, immune to it. But now obviously research has shown otherwise. And in places like America, there's such a big disparity and the African community, African American community are being hit the hardest, if anything. Um, because of underlying issues and societal and systematic issues that are going on. Yeah. Um, you know, lack of good healthcare access, you know, lack of proper nutrition access and education and whatnot. So it's just disgusting. Just like you, I was angry, but definitely not surprised. So yeah. this is a part of what he reportedly said, for those who don't know. The gentleman's name is Dr. Mira. Uh, he's a French doctor. He said, if I could be provocative, shouldn't we do this study in Africa where there are no masks, treatments, or intensive care? A little bit like we did in certain AIDS studies or with prostitutes. I'm like, oh, you went boy. to school, Dr. Mira? Yeah. Like, seriously. Like, yeah. I, I just felt like, oh my God, like, this is so distasteful. This is so disgusting. disgusting. This is like colonial mentality. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it's disgusting. And like that's the last place you should want to do anything like that because you know what? We already have our fair share of issues. We don't we have, have problems. Luxuries. We don't have the luxuries of something as simple as and basic as running electricity all the time from the government. We don't even have that. We don't have running water from the government. No matter how rich you are in a place like Lagos, Nigeria, you are collectively poor because you may have a nice Benz 2020 beautiful car, but guess what? The roads you're driving on are not great. When yeah. I was when I've been there, I've been there for the last while, and the, there's technically a state of emergency because the roads are so bad, the healthcare system is so is is so poor. So that's the last place you should be testing anything like uh, like that out on. And I'm so happy the pandemic is being contained there because we don't have the basic necessities to 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 keep up with if it, if it became a, a you know a really really bad pandemic situation. We don't have that, so and- no, don't test it on us. We have enough of our issues to deal with. Thank you very much. And what I find so interesting is it's the countries that are considered poor and the third world countries that are really handling this disease well, like mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, like the measures that the governments are putting in, in place. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. as a Jamaican, mm-hmm. <laughs> as a Jamaican, I'm just so proud of how my government is handling this because mm-hmm. I know that the country doesn't have the resources to yep. handle a widespread of this disease. Yep. So I just thank God that, you know, like it's been well contained there. People are taking the, 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 the directives from the government, at least for the most part. And mm-hmm. they're managing to flatten the curve of the disease. Yes. Likewise, I feel the same about Nigeria. You know, it's our agency for disease control is doing a fantastic job. They really are pushing this and, like I said, I'm, I'm glad we had like a little bit of a head start and we kind of knew what COVID was before it really hit us. You know, I think they even took too long to close their borders as much as I would love to be with my family and my family be able to come back and forth. I think they took too long. I think we should have closed it way earlier. But I think that, you know, they're doing a great job right now of containing it because like you said, we don't have the resources to manage something that would be a lot worse than what it is right now. And it's just people are taking it seriously. And we have a lot of, you know, people from the community, like this one entrepreneur and dance teacher, Kathy Dance, who's putting together resources for the local communities, like hand sanitizers, food packages. There's a lot of people from the community themselves also pitching in. People are really starting to take it um, seriously and, and they're doing a great job in general of containing it. So, yeah, please stay away from testing us, Mr. 
<laughs> Thank you very much. He, he has actually apologized. And mm-hmm. I mean, of course, I'm not buying it. The, the apology. Oh, yes, was, it's I, politics. I want, I want to present all my apologies to those who were hurt, shocked, and felt insulted by the remarks that I clumsily expressed on LCI this week. Now, as far as I'm concerned, he's oh. not taking any real responsibility here in this oh, apology. No. This is no, the kind no. of apology that I give to my husband no. when I am being stubborn <laughs> or I don't really feel like I should apologize because I wasn't mm-hmm. really wrong. This mm-hmm. is not sincere. I'm sorry that you're hurt. Not, I'm, I'm not sorry yes. what I said. I'm sorry that you're too, too, too hurt to, to deal with what I said, okay? I'm like, isn't this like what they teach you in school? Like when you're apologizing, yep. like when you're apologizing, you take responsibility. So you don't say, I'm sorry you were hurt. You mm-hmm. say, I am sorry I hurt you. I hurt you. you, exactly. Yeah, he, it wasn't clumsy. You can tell he'd obviously had discussions about that beforehand he was very bold in saying it, it yes he was very confident he but is, yeah he that's what everyone about. does to save face in the of public course. eye you come PR. with some like apology <laughs> that you didn't even write yourself it, it's a pr it's politics yeah, it's, yeah of course anyway <laughs> enough with him because that is honestly like i i hope to god that that doesn't happen and i hope yes. that if anyone tries that that there will be like a, a massive uproar not just from yes. the black community but from everyone yes. yes exactly i agree i agree for sure so girl you are yeah. a dance teacher and i've been <laughs> looking at your moves like i don't know how you do that like you bend and like in all of those different like forms and like i'm like where did you learn to do that <laughs> I channel my ancestors and you know they hook me up. <laughs> um, where did I learn? I've been dancing for as long as I can remember. You know, I just I grew up as a Nigerian in a Pentecostal church. So you already know we have lots of music, okay. lots of singing, lots of you know, so I knew about musicality from when I was probably three years old. <laughs> I used to attend a Nigerian church in Jamaica. And mm. I, I even visit one here in, in Scarborough from time to time. Mm. It's a little bit far from me, so I don't get to go there as often as I would like. But the vibe is just mm-hmm. always so amazing. And people always tell me I look Nigerian. I don't know exactly <laughs> what that means, but girl, I take it as a compliment. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I love Nigeria. I love everything about Nigeria. I've never been there. I dream <laughs> of going there, but I just love the music and the dancing mm-hmm. and the clothes and the languages and the movies. Olua Bianca. Hey. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like, I'm like, when people ask me, I was like, that's where I was stolen from. Like, <laughs> because I really do, I really, like, I just take to the culture so much. Like, African yes. culture, like, um, as a whole, but specifically Nigerian culture. I don't know. Just, there's a, something that just, I just connect with. And I'm really into film myself. And the Nigerian film industry is, like, one of the biggest film industries in the entire world. Like, that's, it's bigger yep. than Hollywood. Like, I don't know how many people know that. (laughs) It's true. Yeah, Yeah. like, Nollywood produces more films every year than Hollywood. And you can find so many films from Nigeria on Netflix. Like, it's Mm -hmm. amazing, like, how many Nollywood films are on Netflix. So, Mm -hmm. you're a part of the film industry, and so is your husband. What I want to know from you is, what do you love the most about being a part of the film industry? (laughs) 
So first of all, I think that Jamaican culture and Nigerian culture are actually very similar in a lot of ways that we may not realize, you know, maybe from older generations, because there's always try to be this divide. But we have a lot, like we, we both, both our cultures, we love food. Okay. We love, food with fla- we, lo- we love food with flavors and spices, you know, yes. we may call it different things, but we love food, you know, and we love music and we love dance. I think that's probably why you like our culture and you have those, you feel that comfort is because we're very, very similar. And I, I feel the same about Jamaican culture. I teach dances from Jamaica and I'm so blessed because man, y'all are so dope. Like y'all come out with the craziest moves every single day. I'm hardly able to keep up. Okay. I love the food. I love the culture. I love the dance. So shout out just throwing that out there (laughs) as for the nollywood industry what i love the most about the nollywood industry i would say is the resilience that you find within it from the directors to the actresses to everything because we don't always have the luxury of things like electricity basic things like a good roads basic things like resources locations we don't have those luxuries but for some reason, some way, somehow, we managed to be the biggest, baddest. It blows my mind. There's a channel that's called African Magic. And, you know, people say that the people from America came down to Africa to film movies. And they watched how we filmed. And they said, wow, how did they do this? They made this whole movie in like three days. So they named the channel African Magic because they were just like, this, this must be magic somehow. <laughs> you know? So Black we're just people so, magic. <laughs> right? You know, so I, we're just so resilient. There's so many reasons why we should not be successful. There's so many obstacles in the way. But some way, somehow, we managed to get together and we managed to be productive and we managed to, to do what we do. I've met so many amazing, talented people. I've met so many people who just work so hard. I respect the crews. I think, you know, a lot of us idolize the actresses, the, the big stars, but we underestimate how much the crews have impact in these productions you know everybody from the makeup artist to the person working on the lights to the person working on the sound y'all are creating your own table there is a lot of talk in hollywood about people not black people not getting nominated for certain awards that's why i respect anyone who goes out and tries to just create their own thing instead of trying to fit in to the mainstream thing exactly and, and as you mentioned we have a lot of nigerian movies now on netflix but we've been successful in our own right. We've been doing what we do way before we were on Netflix. You know, in Africa alone, you have um, companies like Rock Studios or Iroko, which is, you know, comparable to the Netflix and whatnot. And it's very successful. It's huge. It's international. They have the app. They have so many things going on with or without, without Netflix. We're not sitting there like, oh, please feature well, us. Netflix, we're like, buy, buy my movie or something. Right. You know, mm. so we're not sitting around. We just got to the point where we were so powerful that Netflix is now saying, okay, we should make a lane for these guys because there's people who are willing to pay and watch for this through Netflix, you know? So we weren't sitting down, like you said, like, oh, poor me, woes me, you know? Even as I was speaking about Netflix, my husband, for example, he directed and produced a movie, Ghost in a Tout, which was one of the highest grossing movies in all of Nollywood's box office ever. I believe it's wow, number seventeen or seventeen or so right now. So it's huge, and it's it's going on Netflix now. But we didn't need it to be on Netflix. It's awesome, but it's been doing well. It's grossed like thirty million in the first week or so um, in Nigeria, and it, it's it was doing great. It's now to the point where Netflix is like, you know, this movie was such a hit. I'm sure it'll be a hit with our company. African movies in general, they take me to places that I've always wanted to go. 
but haven't yet been able to travel to. Yes. And that is what I love the most. Like there's always something different that I take away from every movie because as you yes. said there are different village like stories coming out of different villages and different people mm-hmm. and people who speak different languages like yes. a lot of people don't know like how many languages there are in Nigeria like there are so many in the there's one so country many. I don't think we know them all because there's so <laughs> many <laughs> so that is what I love like I get transported yes. to somewhere somewhere else and that is why I keep watching i mainly watch on on netflix to be honest so i need to probably (laughs) find out where else i can watch these movies i know that you recently had a movie come out in which you are in a lead role uh tell us more about it and where we can find it oh that movie was so much fun to film um (laughs) my character was this girl who you know is basically trying to be with this other girl's boyfriend, which is not what I would do in real life. Just throwing that out there. Okay. You ain't so. a homewrecker. <laughs> I know. Homewrecker. Okay. <laughs> but I love those characters because it really pushes you out of your comfort zone. It pushes you to be, you know, to really look within and try and tap into whatever that you got to tap into to bring out the believability of that character. Um, so it's called Locked Up. And it's this guy who's kind of a player, womanizer, who wants to propose to his his current girlfriend just to keep his mob and everybody settled. And then he plans this elaborate proposal at this warehouse because she's a photographer and he unfortunately gets himself trapped in this warehouse and he's locked up in there um, for a few days and nobody knows where he is and whatnot, but she assumes he's just with another girl mm-hmm. and whatnot. And it's, there's kind of, there's a, there's a lot of plot twists in there and it's really fun and it's definitely different. It's not the typical um, sort of romantic movie it's definitely almost like a thriller <laughs> love yeah. story. And I had so much fun filming that. It was so much fun. So I recommend everyone to watch it. It's on Iroko TV, which is like I mentioned, it's almost like the Netflix of Africa. It's just it's such a powerhouse platform. And I, I love it. It's like you said, we're not waiting for people to offer us opportunities. We're creating our own platforms, creating yes. our own opportunities. So that's one of that, something that I know lots of people have the app out in Canada and America. Yeah, okay. It's international. It, yeah, I'm so excited. I, I, I have am so much going fun. to check it out. I'm going to download <laughs> yeah. it. I hope there's a free trial though because <laughs> I'm not employed. <laughs> I don't blame you. This COVID-19 times are not easy for everybody at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll definitely yeah. go check it out. And if we want to find out more about you, like, you know, like, where do we go? Yeah. So right now you can check me out on fireupdance.com. That is my dance company. And you can also find me at Ekinina underscore, E-K-I-N-I-N-A underscore on Instagram. And yeah, you can always let me know what you guys think. And, and you have your classes. You have dance classes here too, right? I just want to yes, make I sure do. everyone knows that, that we can go to a class. <laughs> yes, for yeah. sure. For sure. Yes, I love it. Awesome. Um, so right now with COVID, of course, everything's on a shutdown, but when it resumes back up, I am more than willing. I love meeting new students. Just honestly, I would say this, the hardest part of dance classes for a lot of people is just coming to the class. So just getting through the mental part of of, of not doubting yourself and just coming through. I think once you come through, you'll have a completely different perspective. Come through, check us out, say hi. (laughs) Well, I will definitely be there because I'm going to need your help to to lose some of this COVID weight. (laughs) I got you. I have no excuse as to why I'm eating the way I'm eating. (laughs) I'll be there. I'll be there for sure when all of this is over. Hopefully sooner rather than later. Yes, for sure. For sure. 
So thanks again, Ekinina, for coming on the show. Oh my God, this was so much fun. And I've learned so much, uh, so much more about Nigeria than I knew before. And I will yes. definitely be checking out your movie, Locked Up. Yay! <laughs> I had such a pleasure. Thank you so much for what you do. I think it's so important to have different perspectives on this and different life experiences because we can all be going through the same thing, but we're all experiencing it completely differently. So I feel honored that I'm part of this and I really appreciate you for what you do. And I'm so excited to collaborate with you in the near future. And yes. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) yes, we need this. Thank you so much for listening today. I am so grateful. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. So please leave me a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, stay real.